Welcome, welcome, faithful listeners, to Pod Toy number 85. Joining me tonight are Jim Sterling. Good evening. Tover Cantler. Hi. Aaron Lindy. Uh, yeah, hi. Um, yeah, hi. And uh, as always, well, not as always, not as last week, but most, as most of the time, uh, the lovely Adam Dork is recording. Um, games of the Week. Have you guys been playing anything terribly, terribly interesting yet? Uh, Aaron? We haven't talked to you in a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, uh, I I topped out my level in Fallout. It 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 makes me sad. Uh, I hit the uh, the level twenty cap, um, and now it's like, and there's some stuff to do. I think the, I think I've only got like one quest left, and that's the fucking Nuka Cola one, and I don't really want to do it. But now it's like all I want to do is find all the other areas, you know, that I never found before. It's the one game that I've like I'm just willing to squeeze out every last inch of it. But for some reason, the fact that I heard Boner like, Quest was like that as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, oh fuck off, Aaron! It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, it's like uh, I, I I don't feel good about the experience if I'm not progressing in some way because I'm obviously done with the story. I'm not going after an actual quest. There are no, you know, I've already taken out all of the uh, the super behemoths. So it's like. Um, you know, the only thing left for me to do really is just explore and have fun. But you know, usually you can, like, I just I would feel better if I if I was getting experience while I did it, or if I knew there was going to be some progressive level of challenge. Like, if I could continue to level up, and then the enemies would continue to level up with me. Um, but as it stands, I'm kind of bummed out because I'm just sort of like, ah, uh, well, I'm not leveling up, so. Um, so I think I'm gonna put that one aside for a little while, and uh, until the. DLC comes out that raises the level cap. In the meantime, uh, I played some D-pad Hero today. That was fun. Um, What's on, that? That's that. It's the uh, uh, Chester posted. Was it Chester? I think it was him. Someone posted. It was either him or Dale. Yeah, um, it was Nick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Nick, and I didn't see it because I just naturally when I see his name, you I just don't read his post. fucking shit. Because fucking, yeah, I, I assume it's yeah. that Guitar Hero, and I just my, my I get selective vision. <laughs> um, so it's it's basically a uh, it's not even a hack it's it's a I'm pretty sure it's ground up isn't it um, it's it's yeah, a it's ROM like it's, a, a, it's an NES a ROM that was coded like it's a fan game and it's basically Guitar Hero for the NES where you use you know combinations of A and B and and the D pad while a song plays like a chip tune version of I think there's something by Aha and then Harder Faster Better Stronger by um, Daft Punk and uh, Sweet Child of Mine and uh, one other one. Uh, something by Michael Jackson, and uh, and they all sound deliciously chiptuny, and it's fun. Uh, it's actually quite difficult. Um, I put that on ye old modded Xbox and played that with a controller. It it tickled my fancy for a while. Uh, yeah, something Bunner Quest would also do. Yeah, I hate you guys. Um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, other than that, yeah, whole lot of nothing. I'm waiting for. I'm biding my time for Fear Two and Street Fighter Four, and that is this like the second fall? There's a shitload of stuff yeah. coming out in like the next next month and month and a half or so. It's ridiculous. I didn't even know Nobi Nobi Boy was coming out this month until like yeah. eight minutes ago. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Yep. What the hell? Yeah. Oh that yeah. That does not surprise me. That sinister fucking creature sneaking around, surprising <laughs> you with his ambush attacks. Oh, hey, I'm out. He is wrong. 
He looks he looks like he has special requirements. Like Jim Jim has a Anobi Nobi boy phobia. Anobi phobia, if you will. Anobia. He's horrendous. Phobi phobi boy. Have you seen the the Mysterious Stranger, that stop-motion animation with the Satan? Oh, you can't compare that to Nobi-Nobi Boy. What's wrong with you? Nobi-Nobi Boy does not do evil because he does not know what it is. Okay. Three people (laughs) will find that reference hilarious, so fuck you. (laughs) What's it called, the Mysterious Stranger? Yeah, look it up on YouTube. Yeah, that's the that most in, disturbing then. shit I think I might have ever seen. Wait, yeah, and I think kids. Yeah, I have like seen that. that. The one where he hangs up with Mark Twain like shows the kids evil. Yeah. That's Nobi Nobi Boy. See, what he the fuck? A- I thought you guys were talking about the mysterious stranger in Fallout. Like, the one that shows up and shoots things for you. <laughs> oh, no. No. And it's then it's talking about Mark Twain and evil and fucked up and nobody, nobody. I yeah, I wasn't following for like the last twenty seconds and my mouth was agape. Um, you are you playing bonus quest jokes? jokes? Is that? <laughs> Ugh, I hate you guys. <laughs> um. Anyway, the point is that nobody, nobody boy sits at the highest seat of hell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what have you been playing, Jim? Not Nobi Nobi Boy, that's for, for damn sure. Um, I've been, I've mostly just been tapping what's left of my feet impatiently waiting for uh, Killzone 2 to arrive. Like everybody else has it, Kotaku has it, why has Brian Crescenti got his copy and I haven't got mine? He doesn't even review games, he just writes about video games. That sentence ended much more tactfully than I assumed it was about to. Yeah, that's that's why I ended quite confused because I had to stop myself and realize I had no backup. I've got no problem with with Brian Crescenti. I met him once, and by I met him once, I mean he rushed past me once and said, "Excuse me," quite <laughs> arrogantly, actually. He's quite <laughs> arrogant man. There's something of the Christian Bale about him. <laughs> I was half uh, thinking about maybe using that tirade as the intro and outro for this episode but I didn't want to scare people away. Oh, yes, that, that was uh, that's quite interesting. He's Batman, he He's can Bat- do that. He can do that. In fact, I, I, I'm still inclined to think that the recording was a hoax just because you didn't hear Bale kick the shit out of him afterwards. <laughs> oh, Adam Dork says Bale is the new crazy cruise, as in Tom. Yeah. Bale's not crazy, he's just a fucking asshole. Yeah. He, he believes perfectly reasonable things, and one of those beliefs happens to be that if you walk in the shot, then you deserve to have your entire family killed and your future children aborted in the form of castration. But Look on the bright side. Once the coke wears off, you'll forget it ever happened. <laughs> and then we'll be ready for Batman 3. Uh, yep. Topher, what have you been playing? I've been busy as fuck, so not a hell of a lot. Um, I just downloaded Geometry Wars 2. Very late to the party. And, what do you uh, think I think that game comes with a lot of shit talking. <laughs> Suddenly. <laughs> Someone sees that you've got that and then they're like, Oh, what's up now? And it's like, Hey, I just downloaded this shit today. What do you what do you why are you bothering me? That's so true. I've never gotten any text message shit talk apart from that game. 
when someone messaged me and said, yo, I rape it, Geometry Wars 2, bitch, and I did not know them. A perfect stranger. Yeah, I said something about that I was playing it on Twitter today, and then Conrad was like, yo, you wish you could play it well or some shit like that, and I was like, what? <laughs> I, had, I had dinner with Conrad today. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, we're gonna be in Miami, and I'm gonna challenge Topher and kick his ass at Geometry Wars too." And I like paused. I was like, "Does he know that that is gonna happen?" Like, I didn't say it out loud, but yeah. What, what the hell are you talking about, pal? <laughs> yeah. But you enjoy it. Sure. <laughs> Wait, I have a question. Does he know who he's talking to? Because I figured that of all the people to fuck with on the grounds of like shooter skill and Twitch play and such. Topher, you'd be last on my fucking list. Like, I, if I was going to walk up to someone and say, hey, like, hey, man, I could kick your ass at Trigger Heart, etc., you'd be the last person I'd fucking fuck with because I know you're, you're, you're more apeshit about shooters and shooter-related games than I am, and I'm pretty apeshit about them. So it's like, no. He, he don't know what he done fuck with. Well, well, to Conrad's credit, after he said it, <laughs> sort of like pause and then look into the middle distance and then shake his head and go, no, he's probably going to kick my ass. Yeah, yeah. See? <laughs> yeah. If that's a challenge, y'all best find some tasty dipping sauce for them words, boy. Uh, he's going to have to... No, no, yeah. He's going to have to find a, a really fat hooker to cut open and sleep inside because, god damn it, you know, that's... I don't know where that came from. Shit. I don't either. There was something very Freudian and, and, and very... Phone Quest DLC, perchance. Uh, I'm actually not very good at Geometry Wars, though. So Really? Yeah. Nick Chester is pretty good at it. He's Nick Chester I'm, is like, fucking I'm, I'm, insane. Every time I get on, every time I play Geometry Wars two, and I see that asshole at the top of every list, I'm just yeah. <laughs> fuck I that asshole. Him because of that reason, I didn't want to fucking see his scores anymore, so I just defriended him. Well, because they're ridiculous. It's like they the guy are. does nothing but fucking play that game all th- all the time, and I know he doesn't. I know he's got a kid and a wife, and he does things that aren't Geometry Wars. But I could swear to Christ, the way that his scores look, it looks as though he, the guy literally does nothing else. And it depresses the shit out of me because I know I could kick his ass at Ikaruga. Why can't I beat him at fucking geometry? God damn it! <laughs> I, I don't know. It's not really my. Um, I'm not too into the dual stick. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'm very good at Super Stardust, but that's about it because I play the shit out of that game. But Geometry Wars, I might be in my own top ten leader, like friends leaderboard, but I'm I'm not. Uh, yeah, whatever, Conrad. um i got farther into i finished playing uh wario land shake it and then for some reason i finished jack 2 i finished all these older games and now i'm i I actually got past the first boss of lost odyssey and i'm beginning to see sort of what's what it's about oh yeah is that right yeah i know it's good i just haven't gotten that far into it (laughs) i've been eternally 10 hours into it yeah well, it's it, it's just it's just strange because it's I hate like so many JRPG cliches, but having been primed by by Jim and Topher and so many other people saying that it's just that it's just a straight JRPG, but it's like one of the best of its kind. Like I'm willing to forgive all that shit when I go into it knowing that that's going to be the case. And then every little small thing that it does slightly differently or slightly well, all of a sudden it's like it's like watching your kid take it's like watching a retarded kid you know accidentally solve a multiple choice question. You know, it may not have been intentional, but you're really <laughs> proud for him anyway. And and you'll really, never play Dragon Quest Eight, ever. I know I, I did play Dragon Quest Eight for oh, about for about twenty hours until, and I thought I was getting near the end. But when I talked to you and you said, "Yeah, that was the best eighty hours I ever spent," I broke the fucking disc in half. 
What? <laughs> my dog. Yeah. You have to understand, though, I played, like, meticulously. I did fucking everything in that game, and that's one of the few that I've ever done that. Like, I did I did monster collecting and team fighting in that game, and that's something well, that I'm, like, I'm religiously opposed to. I, I declare fucking holy war on games like that, usually. So, I mean, like, I, you could probably get... This information I could have used before I shattered the disc. Oh God, that's that's sacrilege. Speaking of religious holy wars, you son of a bitch! How could you do something like that? I did enjoy what I played, though. I mean, why did you have I, to shatter the disc? Are you that? What kind of melodramatic? I, I didn't really shatter the disc. Okay, I just... look, I took you seriously because you said it twice. The first time I thought you were kidding. The second time I was like, Jesus Christ, he did it. You know <laughs> no, what? I didn't. Realize. Sometimes you can really be a. <laughs> it's a, it's sitting in some dusty yeah. corner, probably uh-huh. not even in a case uh-huh. or a sleeve, uh-huh. like slowly getting eroded by by the the wind uh-huh. in my house. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I like Lost Odyssey. I like the. I found myself surprisingly liking the uh, the Thousand Years of Dream stuff. Uh, really? Yeah. Um, that shocks me to hear that come out of your mouth. Why yeah. do you say that? Because you hate reading. Yeah. No, I mean, well, okay, yes. Hold on, but I have a quote. I have a quote. This was said just three weeks ago. <clears throat> uh, reading is for faggots. <laughs> I think that was about what it was. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. verbatim. <laughs> well, I. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't books. like Fuck reading you. when it's when it's a JRPG and they're giving the same information over and over and over again. And I just keep pressing A or X or whatever it is to get past uh, yeah. this shit. Yes, I know how to use my personas, get to the fucking point. Yes, I know we have to stop this guy. I hate that kind of reading because it's just redundant and it's bad writing and it's shitty translation. But the stories, the the Thousand Years of Dream stuff, um, in addition to being totally optional, which I like, uh, are just really. I mean, they're not the best written stories in the world, but they just are really interestingly plotted short stories that even if they weren't connected to Lost Odyssey, I would still find something interesting about them. Like, you know, the 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 story about the upstreamers and s- some other stuff that I can't remember right now because I'm a schmuck. But, like, I, j- I just really like the individual stories and reading them is kind of neat. And, um, I mean, it, it reminds me of something that Planescape Torment did because my, my usual complaint, like, when I'm playing Braid or Lost Odyssey or something and I see a lot of text is, why wasn't this delivered... Why wasn't this information delivered to, to me through gameplay? And, um... Where the amnesia story is concerned of Lost Odyssey, that's not probably not a spoiler. Um, it's like what Planescape Torment did, where you'd go around and you'd and you'd hear these things that your past selves had done, um, and you only got to read about them. And like you know, initially my reaction is, why didn't I get to play it? But it's really, it, it, I think it goes a long way in sort of making it seem like that's almost a different person from a different time who did those things. That it's not you who did those things. It's some memory and you're not really that person because if you don't remember, then that's what gives us continuity and our sense of self, shit like that. I'm beginning to get pretentious and stupid, but uh, I liked it. Although I am pissed off that the entire plot revolves around a couple of characters who cannot die and survive a meteor storm, and yet when all three of my party members get killed in battle, that's the end of the game. Like, I, I, I thought they'd just get back up. And I, I would find a game like that interesting if an RPG, uh, if one of the characters could not die no matter what, but you still have to protect your other members. But that's just me. Um, it's kind of like Frogger drowning in Frogger 2. <laughs> this fucking frog. <laughs> exactly. Uh, before, uh, we, before we move on, can I point out just a couple of things yes. um, briefly as to why this fucking month blows balls? This is in the next two weeks, okay? The, the, okay, in the next two weeks, this is what comes out. The Street Fighter, I've been thinking about this in like amassing lists, and then I just said, fuck it, went to GameStop.com, I'm going chronologically. Okay, so the Street Fighter 4 pads and sticks come out. Those are 70 and 40, respectively. I need to get one of each, probably for both systems, because, <laughs> god damn it. Because, you know, you need a good six-button pad, you need a good stick, and these are supposedly Wait, the six-button pads are 70? 
No, no, no. The sticks oh, are 60. Oh, you scared and the, me. the fight pads are 40. And if I wanted to go real whole hog, you know, new hotness, I'd go for the 150 tournament stick, but fuck that. Um, Retro Game Challenge comes out on the 10th. If you guys don't know what that is, look it up. It's fucking awesome. Project Origin uh, comes out on the 10th. Uh, Loco Roco 2 uh, comes out on the 10th. Uh, oh, God. It's Street Fighter 4 comes out on, uh, a week later. Oh, and then Sing It High School Musical 3, which is just fucking amazing. I mean, let's face it. That's um, None of you laughed, you assholes. Um, <laughs> 50 Cent Blood... It's because we all believe that it's going to be hot shit. Yeah. We're all looking yeah. forward to it. It's uh, not a joke. Yeah. Um, Godfather 2, which actually looks okay. 50 Cent Blood on the Sand, I'm actually slightly interested in and may actually play. But Star Ocean, The Last Hope, I'm super excited for that. That comes out on the 24th. Um, Legacy of Ease Book 1 and 2 on the 24th. Puzzle Quest Galactus on the 24th. Um, oh, God. And it just gets worse. Do you remember a February like this in time? No, past? never. Not ever. Blue this Dragon Plus player. on the 24th. Uh, oh, yeah. Hawks, I think, comes out. And they have Aviator 6 for the PS3 and the Xbox 360. I'm actually kind of interested in that. Killzone 2 on the 27th. Um, oh, God. Hold on, load. Uh, and then after that, it, when you get into March, on the 3rd of March, it, uh, Eat Lead, The Return of Matt Hazard comes out, and I'm actually really stoked on the game. I'm, I'm hoping the balls that game doesn't suck. And then Peggle, it's Peggle suck. on the DS, and Resident Evil 4, or 5 comes out not long after that. <laughs> Adam Dork has twice now typed in Onichibara on February 10th. Onichibara. And- oh yeah, House of the Dead. House of the Dead is another one. Deadly Creatures. Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> well, really it's gotta be awesome <laughs> our type dimensions comes out this week too that's right yeah and uh and then the two um uh the two first uh gamecube games on wii pikmin and mario tennis which i'm actually kind of intrigued about pikmin at least comes out on the ninth it just it's it's fucking insane there's more shit here like week for week there's more shit here for that speak to me oh yeah and mad world uh march 10th like more Wait, shit come out that soon what Apparently, that's what GameStop has listed. Jesus Christ! Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, and there's more stuff in this, in, just in this span of, like, two months. Oh, then, of course, a week after that, that's when RE5 comes out. Then then all of, like, Fall for me. Like, Fall was good, and there was some good stuff this fall, but I, I thought 2000, 2008 was a... Or rather, uh, 2007 was a little bit better in terms of fall release schedules, but... Yeah, this is, like, the most fucked up pre-spring ever. This is... It's just insane. I, know, I, I mean, like where this came from. I know you were complaining about there being too much stuff to buy, but personally, after having to review various versions of Snake for the past <laughs> two months, I'm really fucking looking forward to having something real to write about. Yeah. Like, I think the first one coming up for me would—it's either going to be well, it'd be either be Onichanbra, Xblades, or Killzone, and I'm just. I'm going to cry, I think, at being able to write about a retail game again. Because as much as I love writing about the community games, there's only so many ways I can rewrite the words, it's Snake. <laughs> so I'm just, oh, I'm on the verge of tears. That's why I'm so eager for um, Killzone to arrive, so I can review it. Wait a minute. Just so I can nice. actually write about video games. This, this can't be right. Dragon Age Origins? The new Bioware RPG that comes out March 23rd on the PC? That can't be right. Is that right? I don't know. And fuck. Fuck! <laughs> fuck! It's a... God! It's just... It well, never well, ends! So, so, there's something about R-Type Origins, and you guys were about to have, like, a really cool oh, conversation yeah, we were before gonna, we were stopped gonna you. Geek out before... Yeah. yeah. Before, 
before you put the kibosh to it, you fun killing bastard. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I can even. You know, fun as well. I I don't know if I can even muster up the. Oh yes, I can. R Type One and Two on Wednesday. Buy it. It's going to be awesome. With yeah. uh, with redone graphics and uh, does that have multiplayer, Topher? I don't know. Hmm. What it does have is updated graphics, and you yeah. can switch between the updated graphics and the original graphics on the fly with the Y button. Well, on the oh. fly? Are you shitting me? Yeah, oh the coolest thing ever it is the fucking coolest thing ever. You can play with the original graphics, and then, like, mid-game, while you're flying around shooting shit, just hit the Y button, and it switches to the updated graphics, and then back again with the Y button. And it's seamless. That's... That's I I didn't know that I was just hot enough on the uh, it's it's totally seamless and you can do it at any time. That is fucking cool. That it's is really cool. I really smell cool. a um the 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 new gamer dictionary the the video game flourishes that we talked about. That seems like it would lend itself to a good like when you beat a boss, just keep switching back and forth, back and forth between new and old graphics to celebrate. Yeah, it's really myself. cool because um, when you're playing with the with the original graphics and there are parts where like the the background is just black with a couple stars floating around. And you can hit the Y button to watch the new graphics, and there's actually like stuff happening out there, or um, different enemies um, that were kind of static in the original. You hit the Y button, and there are like things pulsing around and throbbing and moving, and oh, that doing awesome. stuff. It's really, really cool. Oh, hmm. Christ! Want so bad? <laughs> we need to. Uh, we need to make something explicit really quick, though. That for anybody who's never played an R type, it's don't expect Gradius, don't expect uh, Ikaruga. Uh, R type is pretty much. It's memorization. I mean, it, it's really hardcore memorization. Yeah, basically. Um, and everything moves just slow enough that, you know, you can't really... It's it's not as twitchy as the other games. So download the demo. Don't feel burned if we, if you buy it and you're like, hey, this isn't... But then again, fuck it. You know what? The only uh, uh, the only people in our audience that are going to be buying it are the people that already know what our type is anyway. Because yeah. that's that's it. There's, there's no, like... I don't know. I refuse to believe there are any, like, part-time shooter fans. You know, you're either totally fucking into sh- uh, Shmops or you're just not into him at all. I'm kind of a part time. Actually, I, I, I'm a part timer too. You know what? Both of <laughs> you shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you're both frauds. You're both frauds. I live, I you live act- from like that. Yeah. You're both, you're both frauds and neither one of you actually likes Shmops. But I mean, I, what I mean is like, for, for the most part, I mean, you guys tend to be connoisseurs of all types. I mean, it's just like, as far as uh, just general gamers go, like, it's hard to find somebody like who's kind the of. The regular people, the plebeians. No, 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 no. I mean, like, the, the people mediocre. that. The people that don't okay here's okay here's what it is Anthony the people that <laughs> sit around the people that don't fucking sit around writing twenty page diatribes about Braid and how much they like Jonathan Blow's new pants oh look how handsome he looks I bet he's really smart he looks yeah that's that's what I'm saying the people that the people who aren't like you just quoted over- word for word Anthony's last article that's, yeah, yeah. that's true people that aren't right, like, that's like, yeah completely yeah. complete who who aren't like completely overwrought you know overthinking douchebags like we are like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Nice, nice way to open that up to the the general we at the end, just to just to soften the blow. Oh no, I, I definitely count myself amongst that group. I'm a total, oh, okay. especially when it comes to shit. My first feature on this site was me being a douchebag about shmups. So, oh know. right, great. Real men love Gradius, right? Yep, that's <laughs> still my favorite article that ever graced the page to destruct the <laughs> Well, that's because yeah, but that's because you're a shmup fan. So you know that was me ticking. That was a not to suck your dick too much in public, but that was God. I love that article. Oh, uh, thanks. We can make out later. Okay. Okay. You can make it during the break, because that's coming now. Break. This week on the GamerCast Network. This week, Potacular opens up their listener voicemail for call-ins and tales from the Foxhole Show. Checking up with the community's Halo 3 stories from customs and matchmaking. 
This week, Podtoid asks, does the Prince of Persia DLC charge customers for a more complete story? Do we want games to be a respected art form anytime soon? And will we ever call TIFF? Tune in to Uncle Gamer Radio for their own special brand of humor. A my sarcastic gamer PlayStation podcast, is Killzone 2 overhyped? And Sony has finally figured out a way to solve all of the PSP problems. This week, the Gamertag Radio staff interviews the producer of 3-on-3 NHL Arcade for the Xbox Live Arcade and PSN. Also, a review of Afro Samurai by Poston J. The podcast will feature fortnightly abuse and vulgarity from Destructoid.com's British do-nothings. They sometimes talk about video games as well. Discover the community that brings you all these great podcasts and more. GamerCastNetwork.com Does anybody have a plan as to what to say? No. I've, no. I've just got one Nicole Weeby thing, which I mentioned the other way. What are we going to do? If What's that number going to pop up on her phone as? Will she answer that? Uh, I think it comes up as unknown, so it's possible that she may not. If, if anything, though, we can leave an awesome message. Yeah. We can always try to call her again later, too, because the kids love their tiff. Hi, you've reached Tiffany Chow. I can't come to the phone right now, but if you could please leave a message, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you. At the tone, please record your message. When you've finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, press 5. All right, Jim, go. Hi, Tiff Chow. This is Jim Sterling. Um, just to let you know that I would fuck Nicole Weeby so hard that she would actually turn into David Bowie at the genetic level, physically and mentally. Um, if you'd like to discuss that further, give me a call back and I'll be glad to field any questions that you might have. Bye. Hi, 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 hi Tiff. Love, love from Podtoid. We're sorry. Are you right now on 4chan asking people if they like adventure games and posting pictures of yourself and asking 4chan? <laughs> <laughs> You know, she's going to blame me for this because I'm the one who put in the call. But anyway, Tiff, we're, I, well, I'm sorry. I can't speak for these douchebags, but I'm very sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm not, not sorry. Yeah, they're not sorry. Yeah. I'm not sorry. I was, I, I'm claiming that I was press-ganged into hey, it. So. I, I'm sorry, but... Never I'm quite, made me do it. I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm quite proud of you, man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> bye, bye, Tiff. Mission <laughs> <laughs> accomplished. Yeah, maybe we can try back later. Uh, That's technically yes. harassment. Yeah, she was on 4chan. Like, was she? Posting pictures of herself and being like, does anybody like adventure games? Like, is it 4chan just the place to go to meet interesting hold people? Up. Are you, hold up, are you sure it was her? Are you sure? Because, I you know... If I, as clo- yes, I'm 100% sure. She could, did she tell you, like... No, there's I, a picture of her wearing a thing that only she has because I gave it to her. No, 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 no. What I mean is, are you sure that it was her that posted that, or could it have been someone else that posted that picture? Uh, I guess it because could have been. I've done that to someone. Oh, I posted Ooh. pictures. Yeah, I posted pictures of someone else and said, "I'm single, call me." Wait, who and why? <laughs> no, who and why? What? You're one of those guys. I, who, who did you this do that is, to, and why? <laughs> well, this is going to go on the show. I dare not say, but um, it I'll was. It was uh, a pseudo ex-girlfriend that, um, uh, not even really an ex-girlfriend, someone that I dated sparingly. Uh, uh, we, it, it, long story, but basically, uh, she ended up she ended up doing something really, really terrible to uh, a mutual friend of ours. Um, so while speaking to this mutual friend, who you know, she asked me like, she's like, "What would you do if you were in my position?" I was like, "I'll tell you exactly what I'll do." And she's like, "What do you mean, what you will do?" And I'm like, "Well, because I'm gonna do it. I'll do it right now." And uh, yeah, and that was that was our retribution. It was fun. 
But you know what? Put this in the podcast because I don't think, you know. Well, that makes it not funny because every time I say I'm going to edit this out, everybody listening to the podcast will quietly snicker to themselves because it's obvious that I didn't. Well, yeah, but then if you... I'll probably edit out the part where you said go ahead and put this in the podcast so it tastes like forbidden fruit when you hear (laughs) you talking about it. But then then if they hear this whole process, like they hear it up to this point, they'll be able to see how thick shit gets put together and it'll be like this collaborative thing where I'm being... They they always know. Like every single pod choice... Is, just, is yes. he's saying I'm going to edit this out, and then a half hour passing that, or, that never, or, or when or when Nicholson's muscles says something like we're not recording, right? And you're like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Just just so long as you leave the part in where I was like, hey, call me, because I was really proud of that voice that I just put on. Not not that one. <laughs> okay. That one's a little shrill, but the earlier one was pretty good. Um. Right. Okay. So first, some Podtoid housekeeping. Um. All the torrents of the old archived episodes are up. They're on. If you go to podtoy.com, they're there. If you go to my community blog on destructoid.com, my name is Reverend Anthony, they're there. Look at um, me, I'm Anthony. Come visit my blog. Yeah, because yeah. there's so much interesting shit on that blog if, that I need people to see. If you find me on Facebook, you can find out what my favorite music is. <laughs> you can also I, have me on MySpace. My I'm the tank only person here that. who doesn't have a Facebook that he uses regularly. <laughs> now the MySpace, that's a whole different that's a whole different MySpace. I don't even have my friend made one of those for me and, Dear and Twitter. Paul, I love have. Miley Cyrus. Oh god, my god. I, you know full well I'm the only person on this fucking podcast. Oh god damn it. I hate Twitter. You know how much I hate <laughs> <laughs> But anyway. Or you could just email oh, me at Reverend Anthony I'm sorry. at gmail.com. I'm, t- okay. I'm telling the people how to get the old shit. You can okay. email me at reverendanthony at gmail.com, and I'll, e- I'll send you all the links to download the torrents in, in groups. And Neros, N-E-A-R-O-S, is the wonderful guy. And, and so many of you responded to my call for old Podhood episodes. So thank you so, 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 so much for, for doing that for, for us. Um, so, yeah, now they're all torrentable uh, all the way up from Suma to Next to Lindy to myself. And there's a very, very there are a lot of very different hosting styles, and it's actually kind of interesting just for historical purposes, if not that? actually listening to all of them. Yeah, uh, is the uh, was the episode where Suma was totally fucking wasted intact? Because that's a really funny episode. You say that as if that's like one episode. No, 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 no. There's <laughs> one in particular where he is like. You say that as if Suma had anything to waste. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait a minute! I almost forgot my joke. Anthony, don't forget to tell them about your favorite mode of communication, your live journal. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> You're the one who has live journal. I do. Yes. Oh, that's, that's right. I do. Ashley. That's a, yeah. That's right. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I haven't used that thing in like three years. Yeah, but anyway, thank you so much, you, uh, everyone who, who who helped out with the pod thing or offered to help out. I didn't respond to most of you just so I could respond to you all here, but uh, they're all there, and I've I've hosted more than half of these things. Mm-hmm. You're the, I didn't even know that. You're the most persistent element the show has ever had. Although, actually, yeah. Pretty much. I realize I'm the Tom. I'm 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 the Tom Baker of the Podtoid Doctor Who timeline. Except yeah, yeah. nobody exactly. likes me in the same way that they like Tom Baker. I yeah. just stick around for a really long time, and on the fourth, that's all I have in common. But it's enough. It's uh, yeah, and I think um, yeah, definitely the most consistent. I've always been pleased with that. The fact that we're almost always like we usually we usually have a pretty good fucking excuse if we don't. Uh, but like when Nex and I were hosting, it was just like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do it this week. Sorry, guys, <laughs> calling it off. So oh, yeah, and also, way to go. Of, Good job. Oh, thank you very much. Um, speaking of, of next, uh, the Podtoid graphic at thepodtoid.com, and I think oh, the yes. one is very outdated. Uh, it's, it's like next and Colette. It's like, I think it's literally three, three-fifths of the people on that picture don't work here anymore. It's, uh, it's Workman and, and Lindy and, and Nex and Colette and Nero. 
Yeah, and I, and and I think I've gained a good 350 to 400 pounds since that. Yeah, you, was wrong. you're not that skinny. That was, that's, <laughs> that's a pretty flattering picture. But um, we got a contest going. Hamza suggested that we turn this into a contest um, that I posted about on the homepage and nobody responded to, so I'm just going to say it here. In the next two weeks, the next two weeks is going to be the deadline. If you want to draw a, a new Podtoid picture that you think encapsulates something in Poddoid. It can be your typical drawing of all the members of the cast and really badass positions, or it can be something that just sort of encapsulates what you think Podtoid's about, you know, like Gentleman Dinosaur fucking Nicole Weeby or something like that. We and prefer that because the whole... Well, I'd prefer that because the cast lineup thing, fuck that. I'm tired of that. Unless you can put my head in a jar and then put that jar inside of a dinosaur. That would be... <laughs> like, no, no, no. Awesome. You know, like... Yeah, like Krang or something, right? You know, with a little belt, you know, area. <laughs> kind of chill with the giant robot. Cool. That's what I want. Put that... Put me, my head, in one of those in the belly of a dinosaur, and I'll make sure I beat the shit a out of it. Gentleman dinosaur. It can't be any dinosaur. You can't yeah, have a dinosaur. Gentleman, gentleman a dinosaur. cyborg dinosaur. Just, just put us all in. Yeah, just do that. Someone do that, and I will make it happen. I will, but, I will blow the right people to make that our official graphic. Well, well you, then you'll just be blowing the community itself because what happens is you email the picture to me at reverendanthony.com. Oh, this was all Hamza's idea. If you don't like it, blow him. Or just blow him just to do it, just because he, he deserves it. But uh, you email the pictures to reverendanthony at gmail.com, and uh, I'll post them all on a front page or a C blog or something, and then the community will vote on their favorite, and whatever their favorite is, that's what we'll adopt as the full-time thing. And for the rest of the episodes, I'll, I'll, pro- I'll probably just use all the fan art as like pictures uh, for the rest of the time. But yeah, reverendanthony at gmail.com, put like pod toy graphic in the subject heading so I don't delete it automatically. But anyway, that's housekeeping out of the way. News. Such bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, I will defer to Hamza because I don't like taking credit for anything that Such turns out bad. bad idea. Um, okay, so the Prince of Persia DLC. Have, have any of you finished Prince of Persia? No. I couldn't bring myself to. I played an hour Can and you half. finish it? <laughs> I finished it. Um, but anyway, mm. the Prince of Persia DLC, it's, it's like, it's called, they're DLC because uh, it actually takes place like five minutes after the game ends and you get some more uh, I don't want to try to spoil anything but uh, you, you get more story and you get characters talking to each other about stuff presumably and um, I was curious as to how you guys felt about this as far as I mean it's on the one hand you know it's extra story but on the other hand are, are we just paying for the ending of a game in this case, did they just excise the epilogue, the denouement, and then are forcing us to pay for resolution, plot resolution? I mean, I know you guys haven't played it, but I mean, what do you think about that in theory? Just you know, how imagine. complete was the ending? Um, the it was ending. well, okay. It, it set up a sequel without like a single doubt in my mind. But at the same time, the stuff that's being hinted at that's going to be in the epilogue is the exact kind of stuff that once the credits rolled, I went, I don't get to hear what this character thinks about that, what that character thinks about what that character just did. This is like important character stuff that I would care to know. Like from a purely plot, you know, franchise driven standpoint, all the pieces are in place for a, a climax that will lead into another game. But in terms of a game that actually cares about like developing characters and having those characters interact in a real way, there was a lot of the notes were missing, especially given what happens at the end of that game being such a big deal as it is. Yeah, that sounds like bullshit to me. No, that sounds a little... It's Ubisoft, yep. Yep. so... Mm-hmm. What do you expect? They're the, they're the Activision of Europe. <laughs> Hold on, I have a question. Um, when was this content planned to be pushed out? When is, what's the release date for this? I'm not sure. Let me type it into Google. It because if it's less... When did the game come out? It came out like a month and a half, two months ago. 
No. February 26th is when it comes out, and it came out like, yeah, two, three months yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, that means they planned on this, and that means it irritates me. Mm-hmm. You know, if they had planned on this, they could have just worked. Like, if it was gameplay elements, that'd be one thing. But the fact that it's story elements makes me... Well, it's angry. not just story. I mean, there's also... I know it, no, no, I know it's not just story. But what I'm saying is, the fact that there's story in it, I'm like, fuck you. Because you're... That's, that's an incomplete game. And that makes me angry. You know, like, if this is going to be a crucial part of the ending, you are essentially selling me a product that will never be complete in the absence of downloadable content and online connectivity. And mm-hmm. that irritates the fuck out of me. It irritated the fuck out of me when they did it with Final Fantasy III and restri- uh, on the DS and restricted content to those of us who were, you know, had the flexibility of spirit to, you know, send fucking douchebag letters back and forth to one another over the Nintendo Wi-Fi connection. You know, um, <clears throat> anything that requires me to access content that should be part of the main experience via an online anything, because that that threatens my ability to have a lasting collection. Like, it threatens my ability to have a game that I can return to in 10 years and play the complete experience. If they withheld a part of the ending with the intention of releasing it after the game was released as DLC, that's not cool, because in 10 years, if this infrastructure is gone, or if I'm in a place where I can't get to Xbox Live, and I want to play through... I mean, I wouldn't, but... <laughs> it's, it's principle. If I wanted to play through Prince of Persia again in 10 years, I wouldn't... If I wanted to, to smash all my toes with a ball-peen hammer. Yeah, exactly. I'd have to watch <laughs> that ending or do whatever on, like, YouTube or something. I wouldn't actually be able to play it, you know... If, if, in fact, that infrastructure was gone. I mean, never mind the fact that it sucks to have to pay more money for something that should have been shipped to begin with. Um, it, just, it just strikes me as unfair. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it was something that added, like, a new cool fucking level to jump around in or new weapons or enemies, you know, and if it was down the line, I think it's... My, my bullshit meter always cranks way up when something... when DLC is released within a month or two months of the game's release. And I know there was there was recently a story about how that's good, like oh, it was on Gamma Sutra or something. Shit, I wish I could remember what it was. I just remember reading the headline. It's like it's good when you do this, and I'm like, I guess it's good when you do this. Um, but it it irritates the shit out of me when that happens because I'm just like, why didn't you just ship it with the game? You know. I think the well, basic argument is, um, I think it was probably Namco Bandai that came up with it because they love their DLC, but. Um, Apparently, it's been proven by tests that uh, if you release DLC within, I want to say a week even, or at least 30 days after a game's release, you make more money than if you release the DLC later down the line. So, again, it comes down to the consumer encouraging this, because we're the ones allowing it. We're the ones enabling that attitude that you must release DLC within a month of the actual game coming out, so you might as well hold on to your content and not ship it with the disc because you'll make more money that way. It's sad, but it's true, and people are falling for it. Mm-hmm. It makes a sort of sense, because I, I really don't have that much interest in uh, Lost and Damned, just because it's been so long since I got anywhere near Grand Theft Auto 4 that, that I can imagine myself, assuming I didn't hate Prince of Persia, that I could probably want to buy that. Ugh. Well, anyway. that kind of stuff can breathe new life into a game that you haven't been playing for a while, like they did with Crackdown. But, I mean, if it's beautiful Katamari-esque, like, shit that should have come with the game originally, that's just fucked up. Well, shit that literally did come with the game originally. Literally did, yeah. I mean, that shit was all on the disc. Mm-hmm. Basically, if it's from Namco Bandai. <laughs> 
They, uh, they do it all the time. It's a shame. It's. Do you think you it's where we're at? Level ups. It's certain, It's. I think certain publishers are going to be doing that all the time. I can see Activision, Ubisoft, e- EA already does it to some extent. They did that um, recently with. Is it Skate Two or the other one? Anyway, I think it was Skate Two, but EA released this DLC for it that just unlocked everything that you could already unlock uh, by playing yeah, yeah, the game, yeah. which is bullshit. Um, I mean, they were honest about it. They just said, hey, if you're too lazy to play our video game, buy this downloadable pack and we'll play it for you. Um, and people, I imagine that probably made a load of money, as did all the bullshit costumes in um, Dead Space. I think they collected, if you take the PS3 and the Xbox 360 together, all in all, you've, you had about 14 Dead Space costumes released. Um, Namco Bandai, they did the... I mean, we all saw that coming when the quote-unquote console-exclusive characters became available as expensive DLC for either console. And all that information's on the disc. Um, and all the, the downloadable costumes and all that bullshit. But Namco Bandai already does it. EA already does it. Activision is going to do it. Because they're Activision. And <clears throat> Ubisoft, to some extent, I can see doing it. Um, I think it's certainly where the big publishers are headed, um, and it's just a—it's down to the individual developers to do real proper DLC. I mean, I know Lost in the Dam took a long time to come out, but at least Rockstar gave a shit about it, so mm. I can't hold that against them too much. Mm. Are you guys yeah, so somebody that somebody take one for the team and download it, and then YouTube the shit out of it? Yeah. <laughs> um. Is anybody, are you, any of you guys really looking forward to Lost in the Damned? How does I mean? Are, are you interested in playing something? Is that a Crackdown sort of thing where it'll bring you back to the game and reinvigorate your? I character? I uh, I don't know enough about it to make a sound judgment on that. Like I, I I don't know. Maybe you guys can answer this for me. Is is it going to add stuff to the regular game or is it just going to be the scenario and the missions? Do you guys know? Um, I think it's I think it's just its own separate sub story and that's about it. There, I, I, I may have either dreamed or heard something about some extra weapons, but I'm not sure. It's pre- it may have been a dream. Well, yeah, and they add the, the gang stuff and that kind of thing, and uh, as Adam Dork points out, and that's true. I just, uh, you know, I don't know. I think if I'm going to spend 20 bucks on it, it should be an expansion pack. There should be a shitload of new vehicles, like a shitload, and a shitload of new weapons, and I, I hope that's the case, because I'm probably going to get it, because I did enjoy GTA 4, so, I don't know. Yeah, I think I, it's kind of oh, awesome that they're doing it, and if I had enjoyed GTA 4 more... I probably would be really into it, but just in the case of that game, I think I I wasn't that into it that I would go and probably pick that up and do it again. Mm-hmm. That's just me and just that game. I can. Do I'm it. with Tofa. I I I like GTA uh, Four. It was a very good game. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot too, but, but just not I'm, enough I'm, for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm done with it. I've got no desire to pick it up again for yeah, at I least think- now. It does kind of hinge on what game you're talking about, right? Because I know that, you know, yeah. when... Much as I was kind of disappointed in it, I I, <clears throat> I sprung to purchase Operation Anchorage for Fallout 3. And, uh, and you know, even though I was disappointed with that, I'm definitely going to download The Pit and Broken Steel. I mean, without any doubt. I think the reason that that doesn't irritate me like Prince of Persia irritates me is because Fallout 3 felt like a very complete game to begin with. 
it was a game that I was immensely satisfied with and was still playing, and I'm still doing regular quest shit, even though I'm very near completion to that. Yeah, and I, I think I got, has a lot to do with it, too. Yeah, I got... Whether I or not think, the game uh, feels complete in the first place. I got 30 hours of fucking rock'em sock'em gameplay out of that game. And nowadays, yeah. that's, you know... And, like, you know, it's not like 30 hours in Lost Odyssey time or 30 hours in Dragon Quest Eight time. That's 30 hours in fucking Fallout time, which is pretty impressive. And all of that was fun. All 30 hours of that shit was fucking fun, and I had a great time, and so it, it just seemed like a no-brainer. It was like, 10, 10 bucks for more? Yeah, you know. I, I don't like the way they executed Operation Anchorage, but if they allow for, you know, existing characters to be used throughout the scenarios uh, that are going to be explored in the pit and Broken Steel, I'll be all about that shit. So, I don't know. I, I guess I can't be... I can't be... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, categorically opposed to the idea. I think it just, but there are some instances in which it just pisses me off. Like an incomplete story is one of them, you know. Yeah, like with Beautiful Katamari, like that. I finished that what two days after the game came out, two days yeah. after I got it, and was like, that was short. What the, uh-huh. what the hell? What's up? And with then that? they're like, hey, there's ten more. They're like, levels. hey, here's the rest of it. Yeah, <laughs> dicks. <laughs> Have they made all of that free yet? Oh god! It's been. I at feel. Least a I year. feel horrible for anybody that actually paid for that shit. If they did, it's, it's been at least a year since that game came out. I know that it costs like what? It's an additional like thirty-eight bucks to get all that content. Yeah, Jesus I don't even know. Christ. Yeah, which is fucked up because the game was cheap to begin with, wasn't it? Uh, it was. I think it came out at thirty-nine ninety-nine. I think so. Yeah. And everybody's oh, what a value! But you end up paying regular. Yeah, but it's it's half the game more. that we love Katamari was. Yeah. I mean. Oh, it's it not was, even close. Yeah. What a bummer. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll revisit that because I'm looking it up on the marketplace now. So. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, the next... Because uh, I'm not done yelling at that fucking <laughs> shit. Okay, so for our next topic, uh, Dan Hauser, the writer, the head writer for GTA 4, was asked about you know the, the typical thing that people ask, uh, will games be respected as an art form, blah, blah, blah. And he said, uh, how, they said, how long do you think it's going to be until games are respected as a, uh, video game writing is res- as respected as writing books or films? And he responded, I hope it's long. I, it's really fun at the moment because we're not in any academy and the medium is not codified. There's no accepted way of doing anything, so that gives us enormous pleasure because we can make it up as we go along. Um, do, you, do you agree with this guy? At all. I mean, assuming that he's using video game writing as a metaphor of video games in general and saying that there are no rules because we're not taken seriously. Um, do you agree that it's kind of nice not being, not having the same uh, expectations that are lumped on, I guess, what you would call more, uh, more accepted art forms, better art forms, whatever you want to say? Uh, or do you think that he's wrong and that there's no downside to, to being respected? So Part of me agrees with that. And, and the key part of his statement there is that he, we don't belong to any academy. And I think that, um, you know, for teaching college courses on how to make games as, you know, in the same way that they do with, like, film and the study of theory, saying that, you know, you have to build up and then climax and you have to have your antagonist, protagonist, blah, blah, blah. And, then, like, that sort of formulaic... Um, this is how it should be done, the way they do with movies, that results in so many shit movies. Mm-hmm. Instead of something that takes a different route entirely, like um, No Country for Old Men, where that didn't adhere to any sort of like structured you know, formula that's been done a million times. Right. I think if we get into that sort of 
practice of of uh, trying to stick to some some formula that way that it's just going to make for shit games. I'd rather it just sort of stay out in the open that way without anybody telling you how you should do it. I think the irony of that statement is that the few game schools I, I know of that are like uh, Tracy Fullerton runs uh, sort of a game design program at USC are doing almost exactly the opposite because game designers, just by their very nature, are doing the, the, the silly formulaic thing that film schools try to make people do to begin with. Like everybody's making shooter games and, and, and side scrollers and stuff. And like the, the USC school tries to make people do like completely different shit. I mean, you know, like Flow and Flower and PB Winterbottom came out of that. And See, and that's awesome. Yeah. But there's that whole sort of, and I point to movies because that's, I, my brother works in film and I know how, the, you know, that sort of thing is out there where they're, they're telling people as students who are like learning and wanting to do this for a living and, and, and get into it that like you have to open up by introducing all of your characters and then there has to be some sort of conflict and then there has to be an arc and there has to be, you know, it says fucking who. Mm-hmm. And I'd hate for games to get into that where it's like, you have to stick to this sort of formula. I just think that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Aaron or Jim, what do you think? Jim, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I think it's very nice in theory what he says, but it's just not true. Um, video games do stick to a formula. It's copy the last popular game or you don't make any money. <laughs> that's the formula. To say that video games are in a great position right now because they're not respected is it's untrue I'm trying to say that as respectfully as I can because I do respect uh, the House of Brothers very much but video games are not respected and that allows publishers to dictate whatever they want and tell developers how to make their games and only market games that the publisher perceives to have any kind of value to them. The fact that video games aren't respected as an art form is why Activision can drop titles because it doesn't see potential for a 10-year-long franchise. I just don't think... I, I admire what he says in theory, but I just don't think it's true. I don't think what he's saying exists. And there are a few shining exceptions, but there are exceptions everywhere you look. Um, things like Braid and, you know, oh, I feel like such a fag for bringing up Braid. But <laughs> well, I really like that game, but I'm so sick of saying the word. But, you know, there are these exceptions, but the general... Video, the video game industry is probably more formulaic than, you know, other mediums at the moment because it doesn't have that res- the artistic respect. It's one of the most money-driven creative industries out there, and I don't think until games are respected as as something more than money, you know, we won't see what what Dan Hauser says he sees. I think it's when you're a rock star and you are basically a company that prints money for your publisher, it's very easy to talk about creative freedom because I imagine uh, Take-Two has no problem letting the Hauser Brothers do whatever they want. It must be the only reason Manhunt got a fucking sequel. But, Mm. you know, it's very easy for him to say that, I think. But, you know, you want to talk to... Uh, Swing an Ape who made Metal Arms which is one of the best fucking games I've ever played and Vivendi would not even sell the rights um, of that video game back to the game's creator so he could keep on making it and yet they wouldn't do any more sequels because it sold poorly 
that's not freedom or respect in my eyes. And sadly, I think that's still very common. Mm-hmm. What about you, Lindy? Uh, he pretty much covered me. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's one of the reasons why I was like, yeah, okay, well, I'm already half covered. Let's hear what Jim has to say. Oh, my God. It's a- <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll move uh, right on ahead on the, into reader questions. We had a lot of good ones this time. Uh, it was actually enough to maybe do an entire reader questions episode, but we're actually coming up in the end. Oh, oh, wait, no, wait. Okay, I also want to bring up Faith Under 45 got shelved. Yeah. That's, worst, that's how I didn't do what I was fucking saying. Isn't that small? Yeah. yeah. Publishers won't pick that up? No. Nope. Assholes. Because it's in Depression, in the Depression era, presumably. Because it's in an interesting place that most games aren't in. Yeah. Although, I mean, I'm, I'm fucking bummed it's one of the games I was looking forward to the most. Mm-hmm. But, um, actually, the last comment on... Because I did the story on that, and the last comment is from someone who claims... I mean, he claims there's no way of verifying it, but he says he was a tester on it. Can't go into details because of NDA and all that. But he said that when he played the game, it wasn't very fun, and um, the developers struggled to make the game enjoyable. It's like they had a really good idea and then struggled to fit a video game around it. I don't know how true that is, um, and whether it's just his subjective opinion, but that might have something to do with it. But either way, it's very sad, because on concept alone, it sounded fantastic. Yeah. I, will. I guess uh, if, if Total Overdose were more popular, then like, I could hold out hope for somebody making some sort of Depression-era mod, and I could just squint real hard and pretend I was playing Faith, but god damn it. Oh, and Adam Dork, snarky bastard, uh, said, doesn't, didn't haze sound good on paper? Uh, always the optimist, Adam Dork in addition to being lovely. Um, anyway, now reader questions. KMCC uh, says, are there any characters who are so badass that you wouldn't feel right playing as them? For example, would you want to play as the boss, or would you rather her remain a figure of semi-mythic proportions, immune from player and design mistakes? Anybody like that for you guys? For me, Batman. As much as I'm looking forward to Arkham Asylum, just because I'm going to pretend that I'm going to be good at it, Like Batman is, is such a mysterious badass character to me that if I control him and then stumble off a cliff and fall to my death like everything's just going to be ruined for me it's it's going to be like you know I don't know seeing Superman masturbating walking in on him or something <laughs> shut the door <laughs> and really he should have seen me coming he can see through walls yeah instead uh-huh. you saw him coming <laughs> Oozing. Well done. Oh, I'm firing on all cylinders today. <laughs> Make up for you? last week. Um, I don't know. It sort of ties in with you, but I would not like to play a game where you actually play as Christian Bale because <laughs> he is too badass. Yeah. You know, there's you, you couldn't play a mini game where he berates a DP or like. <laughs> A timed mini game where he's punching his mother in the face and shoving her head through a window. <laughs> I, it wouldn't feel right because I don't think I could do the bail justice. <laughs> uh, Tefra, what about you? I was going to say Oren from Final Fantasy X, and that's not because me or, or whoever else would be playing it, but because it's a square game. And as a secondary character, there's not room for him to be a douche. <laughs> Whereas if he's if he's the main character, the one that you're actually like running around the towns with, Square has a bad habit of douching up um, 
their RPGs with side quests and just like ridiculous humor where it absolutely does not belong. And that would really shame him, I think, to see him do that sort of thing. Did you did you get to control him a little bit in ten though, like in battles and shit? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, as a party character, you know, in in fights and stuff like that. But, you know, he wasn't the ass like running around town. <laughs> you know, collecting fucking whatever. Hey guys, let's play Blitzball. Yeah. Um. God, I can just foresee Square bringing out a, an Aurum themed action game. Yeah. Now, yeah. just to spite everybody. And it'll be called something wacky like Orange, you're glad to see me. <laughs> oh my. How a long great have you example been is that? like, um. Like, honestly, no, how, you, you, you must have had that one for a while. No. <laughs> no. I, I guarantee it has not been arranged. <laughs> <laughs> God, I almost oh. disgusted myself with that one. Uh, yeah, oh you my. undid all the good shit you did during this episode <laughs> in one moment. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, with uh, when you finished Final Fantasy VII, it was like, Vincent Valentine's fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And then you finished Dirge of Cerberus, and it's like, Vincent Valentine's a douche. <laughs> what a fucking tool bag. Um, Brian Kiljore asks, Every generation of game has some aspect that we are eventually thankful to see go away. Whether it's getting stuck on the end screen after the credits roll at the end of an 8-bit game, or the extreme nature of much of the 16-bit area, extreme was in quotation marks and all caps, we are all reminded of these things at some point and are thankful of their departure. My question is, what common aspect... Okay, that was, aspect hold up, that's bullshit. Play It Loud was awesome. <laughs> Extreme! <laughs> uh, what, what common aspect of this generation of gaming do you think we'll, we will see go and be thankful for the departure? I'd like to say very long, unnecessarily long campaigns, but I'm not sure. Aaron? I'd like to say unlocking fucking DLC that's already on the goddamn disc, but that's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. Yep. Aaron, what do you think will be gone? Oh, God, I don't know. Um, you know, it's interesting. There's really no... I I, uh, I don't know. You know, Good answer. Uh, you bitch about extreme. <laughs> Uniracers, dude. That's extreme. Fucking sentient unicycles flying through the air <laughs> doing spins and loops and shit. Extreme. Um, Yet also awesome. <laughs> Very awesome. Um, oh, uh I God, you know, it's weird because there's really no sort of uh, overriding tropes to be poked at. You know, like there's things that are annoying, but they're usually things that are kind of instituted on a corporate level as opposed to a as opposed to a design level. I'd say that. Um, I mean, even the things that we used to com- complain about, like last year, like quick time events, have already kind of started to go away. I mean, they're still here, but they're. Uh, minimized. I mean, quite a bit. Oh, yeah, I haven't played Ninja Blade recently. Uh, apparently not. But yeah, I mean, some games still have them. Most games don't, though. And uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I can't think. I'm not that quick. <laughs> Adam Dork says Prince of Persia in, in relation to the quick time event thing, because that's kind of how the platforming works. That is pretty much, yeah. That game is pretty much a fucking quick time event game, isn't it? Especially well, the combat. The combat is one big quick time event. <laughs> without it's just, it's just like it's, it gets Guitar Hero except with platforming for Nick yeah, Chester. Yeah, with a scarf and sand. <laughs> what about you? What do you think, Jim? I don't know. Fair enough. Uh, Green, Egg, Green Eggs and Sam asks... <laughs> so much for I, your question, dude. <laughs> I just love the way... Once, once again, it was I was a really to, good I, question too. It was. It, I mean, <laughs> and that's the thing. I think... Uh, we, let's revisit that next week because that's a good question. It just... It needs a little... Aaron, you say that. 
you say that, but you're not going to think about it in the ensuing week. No, I'm actually because that's stuck in my head. Now I'm, I'm going to be okay. think, I'm thinking about it now. I'm just not that All quick. Right, but I'm yeah, well, yeah. Green Eggs and I'll Sam think of something stuck. awesome 30 minutes after we finish the show. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, and so Brian Kiltore, next week, next Podtoid post, ask that question again. Remember to ask that question again, and then I'll remind them, because I'm definitely not going to remember. I don't have to remember things. I'm the host. Um, Green Eggs and Sam asks, uh, and once again, I have to congratulate our viewers on, they are very, very good at structuring questions so that this shit seems to come out of nowhere, but he says, Bob's Game, Gary's Mod, Sid Meier's Sif, Aaron Lindy's Request, Tom Clancy's N-War, Richard Garriott's Tabula Rasa. Is putting a name on the box purely for marketing, or is there a hint of something else in it, too? Surely most people... Okay, whatever. There's some other question shit, but that was so well done. It's right in the fucking middle. You, you, you know, you, if you scan past that without reading it, you'd never know it was there. Well done. Um, that was very well done to you, sir. He's, he's got a question. To, oh, is putting a name on a game good for gaining legit- legitimacy as a medium, or is it simply a dash too much ego? I think it's, it's ego. I don't think anybody gives a shit. What do you guys uh, think? Well, you know, it, it, it varies. I mean, that list... Um, isn't Bob's Game the actual name of that fucking thing until, like, isn't that the tentative name? Yeah. That is the name of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gary's, Gary's Mod was, like, pretty much just a... It was because it was... I mean, that Gary's Mod was never meant to be monetized. It was uh, never, not originally. It was never originally planned to be something that was going to be sold. It was just a name. Uh, the Out of all of those, there's only two that I can see that are really... I mean, Tom Clancy, that's the brand, and that's kind of required. I'm pretty sure that that... If they were going to do anything Tom Clancy related, they had to put Tom Clancy's name on it, and they had to put the little fucking Tom Clancy icon. I'm pretty sure that's like that's that's a convention of that brand that has to be invoked. Um, the of that list, you know, Aaron Lindy's Bone Request notwithstanding, uh, Sid Meier, Siv, and, and uh, Richard Garriott's Tabula Rasa are the only two that really speak to me as as being. American. American McGee's Alice. Yeah, that one's definitely fucking egotistical because who the fuck knew who American McGee was before yeah. he started putting his name all over this <laughs> fucking shit? No one knew. Except for super hardcore nerds who played, who did nothing but play Quake all the time. And, you know, by the time American McGee's Alice came out, you know, those guys were not really the bulk of PC gamers. At least I would... I mean, people that like Quake, sure, but not people who are fucking apeshit about Quake and knew every person who was behind it. Um, he was Quake, right? See, that's that's that. Yeah, he was. He was. He yeah, okay, good. Because that's exactly my point. I don't even fucking know. Um, <laughs> but I mean, as for Sid Meier and Garriott, I mean, the reason their names are there, I don't even know if it's ego. I don't even know. I, you know, and I, I we we don't really know because if you think about it, um, uh, I, I'm sure that if, well, I don't know about Will Wright either, but I'm sure that if if uh, if Maxis had their way, they'd be putting Will Wright in front of. Spore and everything that he ever touched, because you know if it helps sell your product, you might as well put it on there. And uh, there have been a lot of Civ-related games that weren't directly overseen by Sid Meier, so maybe that is another part of it. But I, it's just it's a marketing thing. I mean, I doubt that either one of them would be like, "Yes, put my name on it." You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm pretty sure they stand behind their products enough to say, you know, it stands on its own. But you know, publishers usually see differently. Okay. I was I was perf- I was gonna just blow past that, but that was actually a very good answer to his question. <laughs> so it's a, it's a, it's a good day to be Green Eggs and Sam. Um, Scary womanizing pig masks, or mask singular asks, how do you feel if at all about the species of your final monsters? Do you prefer a human or humanoid like Henry and No More Heroes or Liquid Snake who you can forge a connection and loathing which exclusive which is exclusive to similarly sentient beings, or do you find a fight 
against totally inhuman and often mindless monstrosities like Gygas or Lavos, uh, more epic since your fighting is a, is a, since you're fighting a totally unsympathetic force, alien in both mind and body. You know, you you mispronounce those names the way that someone would mispronounce those names when they were reading it on the evening news. You know? Yeah, I, yeah. I've never I've never been I've never been Earthbound or Gygas or Lavos. Well, how, how do you the pronounce day of it? No, no, no. It's it's Gigas and Lavos, or at least Gigas is the usually is the one that I usually hear. But oh, really? Wow, yeah. I did fuck that up. But sorry. But it might be. I, I don't know. I'm just like making fun of you. No, no. It's it's. I mean, I, I can understand. I would make fun of somebody who called him like Liquid Snack or something. <laughs> that would, mm, liquid Snack. <laughs> uh, but no, Aaron. You. I, how, what do you think about his question? Uh, uh, I wouldn't even call Gigas a monstrosity. He's sort of like a, I mean, he's he's a force, you know. Lavos is definitely a monstrosity. I, I, you know, it's interesting that he brought Gigas up though, because when you started reading that that question, that was the first one to come to mind because that's been the most interesting one to me because you're kind of fighting. It's almost like, you know, because it, for those of you who haven't played Earthbound, and I swear to Christ, I'm sorry that I am constantly talking up that last battle. I, I'm sure if you download that torrent, there's at least twenty or thirty of them in which I say like, oh well, the last battle on Earthbound. Um, but, like, basically what happens is there's this, you know, Gigas is this big, fucking, horrible, awful thing that essentially became so evil and so powerful that he ceased to be, um, like, a, a sort of, like, a sentient being and instead became a force of, like, just incomprehensible uh, evil. And uh, there's a point at which Pokey, uh, the little fat bastard that you chase around the whole game, turns off what he refers to as the devil's machine, and it kind of... It's sort of, it's, what's a good way of putting it? It's kind of like, uh, you know, you fight him initially in like his condensed, contained form, but then it's like he turns off the devil machine and it it kind of just seeps out and it becomes this overwhelming sort of surrounding, you know, thing. And he attacks you in ways that you're not even capable of comprehending. It actually tells you that. You can't comprehend the form of Gigas' attack and then it fucking hits you and it's awesome. I love that idea. I think it's fantastic. Um, uh, But as for a general preference, um, it depends. I, I, you know, when when it comes to like uh, Metal Gear Solid, um, it's interesting because those one-on-one battles against like Liquid, for example, there's a sense of intimacy that that are attached to those kind of battles. That that, that you know, hand-to-hand kind of stuff. That's pretty interesting. But there's also something to say about like the big battles against like you know Metal Gear Rex or something when you're you know taking them down with stinger missiles and that kind of thing. I mean, it's I, I there's there is a uh, there, there is a, a time for both kinds and uh i I don't know i honestly i prefer that i prefer final battles in sets like i don't i like thinking about final conflicts as sort of like a a series of encounters unfolding over not necessarily a long period of time or or at least but you know i like my games to close with a bunch of big fucking awesome explodey amazing fights and Metal Gear's always been really good at that. You know, there's always, like, one big fuck-off mech battle and then one one-on-one fist battle. Metal Gear Solid 3 does the same thing. You fight the Shagohod, and then you go through the woods for a while, and then you take on the boss hand-to-hand, which is kind of cool. Or, well, with weapons if you want to, but it's, it's, a, it's an intimate fight. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, uh, I think they I both think have those examples place. you brought up are, uh, solidify for me the, the fact that I like to fight humans more. Yeah. I mean... I didn't feel that connected to the boss necessarily, and I don't really see what people uh, love about her so much. But I did 
very much prefer fighting her to the Shagohad, and I did very much prefer fighting Liquid to the Rex in the first Metal Gear Solid. I mean, it sounds horrible to say I prefer killing human beings rather than robots yeah. or aliens. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, that's, that's the thing is that I, I, would, I don't want all of my games to be the same way, though. I like a mix. I like when one follows another, you know. Um, and I, I like when they kind of roll back and forth between the two, you know. So it's it, to say that I prefer one of the over one over the other. Rather, I think it would just would not fly for me because I, I it just kind of depends on what I'm what kind of mood I am I'm in. But I'll tell you this: for a last truly final fuck off, and here's one last dude to beat up kind of thing, I prefer the intimate. I prefer the one on one. It depends on the game for me. I mean, I need to be. We talked about this on Retroforce. Um, I need to be impressed somehow with a boss. Whether that's uh, an RPG, which is typically like, you know, the guy who has been human throughout the whole game suddenly sprouts a rhinoceros out of his ass and starts shooting fire from his nose and <laughs> wings and all kinds of nonsense and, you know, turns into a fucking Volkswagen Um That's okay <laughs> that's, that's for that sort of situation. 12, isn't it? <laughs> What's that? So that's the end of Final Fantasy twelve, isn't it? Yes, it is. Volkswagen <laughs> bus with um, bugs for arms. Yep. Um, that sort of thing in that sort of situation is okay. But when in Bioshock, when I fought Fontaine, I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't just a dude. You know, it had to be this... Yeah. I don't want to spoil it too much, but you know what he looked don't like. Don't fucking and spoil I, it. The game's been out long enough. Just say <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's like this Fontaine is a guy anyway, so superhuman glowing fucking thing with like energy balls and all kinds of crap. It's like why couldn't I just go in there and fight a guy? Like why did it have to be this big, you know, non-human crazy fucking thing? Mm-hmm. I was kind of looking forward to just like a one-on-one with this fucking guy. Yeah. You know? That's and I was kind of I was pretty disappointed when that didn't happen. It was like, oh, problem, come on. The problem with um BioShock's ending was they dehumanized him to the point where you couldn't really see him as the same guy who's been taunting you that throughout the whole game. Like, you'd already had this picture in your mind of who Fontaine was, and then you just see this nondescript monster, and I didn't feel very satisfied in killing him, where, you know, Fontaine is a fucking cunt throughout the whole game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you should have really felt like you fucking... You know, gave like him what he deserved. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that but, guy had been tormenting you through the whole game, and I was really looking forward to going in there and kicking his ass. Like, the guy. Mm-hmm. A human yeah. being. But I when mean, you see this last-minute monster... very satisfying, but then, all you know, you walk into the room expecting to go one-on-one, head-on-head with this guy, and then it's just this fucking glowing thing, and it's like, that could have been any game. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he and, and the way you fought him was pretty much just like it was it, the the battle was structured essentially just like a big daddy with a cap- with the occasional, you know, twist with uh, plasmids and such. It wasn't. Yeah. I mean, it, there was, and like you said, I, I agree. I think I think in that instance, the fight was totally divorced from the. Uh, well, not totally divorced. I mean, you could definitely tell it was him. You could hear him, but it didn't. It def- it definitely wasn't what you were expecting, though. And I think. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I was really disappointed with it. See, I wasn't... Because see, that, I was, that boss was, could have been the final boss in any game. Exactly, yeah. And I, the funny thing about that was I was not paying attention, close enough attention, to what was going on, apparently, because I didn't realize he had been sucking up all the atom for himself. Like, I didn't, I didn't catch you, you that. You just thought so. he randomly decided to turn I just into thought, No, no, I just thought Fontaine was fucking huge. 
just thought he was, just <laughs> he, was he was Brad Nicholson. You thought you were fighting Brad exactly. Nicholson. Exactly. <laughs> I was fighting Brad Nicholson, just a juiced out, crazy ass motherfucker that occasionally, you know, could throw fireballs or something. Like and it, so, it, it just it, in case Brad Nicholson is hearing, we don't think you're a juiced out crazy motherfucker. No, 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 no. But, he, but we trying. do know that you can shoot fireballs. Yeah. We do yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I just, uh, I, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it was fun. It was, but, uh, I, I don't know. they could have, they it, it seems up, symptomatic but. of these sort of ideas that like, on the one hand, you know, we want to tell an interesting story, but on the other hand, it's got to be like a regular game and we have to satisfy you in the way that a regular game would with a big climactic, like I would have been perfectly fine if Fontaine was sitting there in a fucking chair trying to talk me out of it. And I just walked up to him and shot him in the head and he died like a regular person with one shot. Yeah, and like maybe, yeah, or like, even even if he was if he was somehow like on your same level, you know, like he was juiced up with the plasmids and whatever, the same way that you were. So it was a real like mano a mano sort of one on one with this guy who was right where you were. Yeah. Instead of this huge overpowered fucking beast that takes up the whole room, and it's like mm-hmm. that just that could have been anything, and it just didn't feel like it fit with the rest of the game for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like a video game where I really feel like like it's personal, like I have a reason to hate. The um, the bad guy, and I think I'd have to say that I favour human characters when it comes to that, just because it's a lot more easier to feel personally connected and to actually have hatred for a person than just a big monster. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Uh, I'll I'll bring this up um, just to kind of as a counterpoint. You know what? Um, boss pairing up in that intimate, non-intimate kind of crazy way. Well, hang Wait. on a sec. Don't don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, can we edit this out? My my girlfriend walked in and she accidentally unmuted the TV and it totally threw off my train of thought. It's okay. Just don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> get and ready. It, well, and it, and it popped on with someone's going to get smacked tonight. I know. And it popped on with the Princess Bride, so that really threw me off. It's okay. It's okay. Not yet. It's not. It's it's fine. Chill out. Okay. Um. Ten seconds. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely. Please don't. Leave. Please don't leave this in. I won't. Um, all right. Okay, go ahead. I can find it from there. Okay. Um, uh, no, but one, just, just to provide a counterpoint, in something in a format I wouldn't expect, um, or at least that maybe you shouldn't expect, is that uh, Metroid Fusion had a really, really great you know, pairing of bosses to end the game. Um, and you know, that was a game that I thought you know, de- like deviated a little too far from what Metroid should have been, you know, in that way that's like it was way too structured and it told you where to go and all that bullshit. But at the end of it, you fight the SAX, the uh, the evil clone infected Samus thing, um, and that's a really cool battle. And then after you beat the SAX, you run for your ship, and there's an Omega Metroid there, and it's huge and massive, and it beats the shit out of you. And then it kills the SAX, and then you get your original suit and powers back, and then you beat the shit out of the Omega Metroid. Considering it's a Game Boy Advance game, that was a fucking epic thing. It was incredible. And uh, when it was over, I was like, yes! You know, and there's a clock counting down. It was awesome. Um, that kind of had both of it for me, because that, that totally didn't end the way that I thought it was, that I thought it was going to. Because previously, before that game came out, my, um, <coughs> uh, my estimations of what a Metroid game should have been have always ended with, you know, like Mother Brain. But that was a really cool way to end the game, I thought. Even, the, even though once you get your SAX powers and such, it's kind of difficult to lose against Omega Metroid, but it was it was neat. I really enjoyed that shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, 
Jesus H. Christ asks, has there ever been a game that you've desperately wanted to like for whatever reasons, but there was a mechanic or voice acting was terrible, or some other aspect that made it annoying and frustrating to play prevented you from doing so? And he gives the example of a Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts, because when you get even bumped during a race, your entire car will spin out, and uh, he couldn't like it. Do you, do, you, do you guys experience anything like that? I know I got that with, with, with Fallout 3, because I went into it perfectly, assuming I would perfectly enjoy it, and then just found myself trying to equivocate bullshit to myself and rationalize things that I knew were not great. But, uh, Jim, have you ever tried to force yourself to like a game or wanted to like a game? Because I, I'd agree with Fallout 3. Um, I mean, I've, I've made my criticisms of it. Um, <clears throat> and I really, I really did try and, and love Fallout 3. And I, was, I wasn't disappointed that the game was bad. I was disappointed that... What am I talking about? Of course, I was disappointed that the game was. That was bullshit. I do apologise. That's one of the night again. Um, <coughs> fuck! I thought the show's nearly over, and I haven't lost my train of thought once. Okay. Um, whatever. But I another game surprisingly that um, that I. Uh, oh fucking hell! What? I'm such a cunt. What's wrong? I can't make my brain work again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Topher, Topher, right. you go, and then you think while Topher... Um, Twilight Princess. Mm. I really wanted to like that game, especially after I fucking waited. What, how long yeah. was it? They uh, postponed that shit forever. Forever, so it could come out on the Wii. And then I and w- I've been waiting so long for it, and I wanted so much to like it, and I waited in line in cold and yeah. bought my Wii and bought my fucking Twilight Princess and rushed home at, you know, 7 o'clock in the morning and pop that shit in, and it was fucking terrible. How yeah. long did it take you to realize that you could not like it? That you could not enjoy it? Um, I think it was, like, was when it I got... In, it was when I got into Hyrule, Hyrule Field. Because mm-hmm. the beginning of a Zelda game is always kind of whatever, cookery forest and, you know, all that shit. But when you get into Hyrule Field and then you have the chance to, like, run around and explore and it's like, okay, this is what the rest of the game is like. And it's shit. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with that? I you know, it's funny. Very disappointed. When when I brought when I got my Wii, I got um, Twilight Princess and uh, uh, Tra- uh, Trauma Center Second Opinion, and um, and like I played both of those games that night. I got home and I had work the next morning. I got home and was playing the games for like probably a good two hours. I spent like an hour and a half of that on Twilight Princess, and I was just kind of like. You know, I'm just not. I just wasn't feeling it at all. And it took me a while to actually get into it to the point where I could finish the game. And admittedly, I'm glad I did because you know, I, I that is kind of on my list too. Where it's like I had to really kind of work at it and say, you know, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. And then it got really kind of Lovecrafty and shit. Um, some of the imagery in the in the Twilight areas were kind of cool, but then like the ending kind of made it for me. But anyway, all that aside, um, after that hour and a half, and I was just kind of like feeling sort of defeated and like, well, the Wii's really cool, but fuck, you know, damn it, that could have, I could have played that game a year ago on my GameCube. What the fuck? Yeah, I, it was, I, it was really like, yeah, it was, it was definitely Hyrule Field that did it. Yeah, because yeah. at the beginning, you're running around, and it's like, okay, it's not so bad that this is shitty because this is just the beginning. It'll get better, you know. I'll get out in Hyrule Field and it'd be like Ocarina of Time, where I was like, holy fuck, it's Hyrule Field, and it wasn't. Yeah, especially like, after Reggie fucking boasted about how huge Hyrule Field was going to be, and you know, <laughs> epic the rest of the game was, and then you get out there and it's like, this is it. It's yeah, well, it's it's huge and there's nothing in it. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, but yeah, after after all that nonsense, after dealing, you know, after going through that and being like marginally disappointed and that kind of thing, I popped in Trauma Center and had like the most fun half hour of my life. Yeah, <laughs> that was fucking great because I was sitting there like, oh my god, it actually takes advantage of the hardware effectively. Woohoo! You know, <laughs> having a grand old time. It was great. Um, so yeah, I love Twilight Princess. I don't care what you crotchety old bastards say. There's there's <laughs> plenty to like about it. I I, think, I, I yeah. thought it was great. I just I just Personally. wish I, I would have rather gotten the GameCube version. That's all. I th- yeah, I, I think if it had come out originally when it was supposed to on the GameCube, I would have probably would have liked version, it. Yeah, like a year and a half earlier is all. But to make me wait a year and a half and then put it on the fucking Wii and yeah. Uh, but. Jim, did you come up with uh, anything you wanted to like? Begin? Yeah, well, I actually had something, but I just, the words wouldn't come out of my head, which happens around this time of night if I stay up this late. Um, I do apologize to the listeners, but yeah, what I was trying to make come out of my mouth was that people may not choose to believe it, but I really did try and like too human. Like, I really did, and there was one point when... I mean, I was playing the game, and I knew it was shit. And then just briefly, for about five minutes, it tricked me into thinking it wasn't shit. And I was like, this isn't shit. I'm actually quite... Ha- oh, no, it's shit again. Fuck. And that was it for me. I mean, the, the overruling problem with that game is the fact that it's designed to kill you a lot. Um, to force you to watch that um, death animation that's 25 seconds long. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you realise that about two hours of the six hours of gameplay on that disc is watching that animation, 25 seconds becomes a very long time. And there was just a lot of... The problem with Two Human is there is no... No mistakes were made with the gameplay design. What you see with Two Human is exactly what they wanted to make. As a design, as something faithful to what they wanted to do, it's a complete success. The trouble is, what they wanted to do was bullshit. <laughs> oh, you know what? I've got a good one. And this is probably not a shared experience for many people, but this is a big one for me, was uh, Armored Core 4 Answer. I wanted so badly for that to be the game that brought me back into Armored Core. Um, and I was really praying that it was going to be, because I heard that they had respect the control scheme and that it was actually a bit more you know it still played like a tank because that's how the fucking game works and i can appreciate that um and there are things like you know your 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 rig has an impact on your turning speed like it's not just shitty controls it's actually how you design your rig and i was cool with that um and those the, that element was indeed improved like the controls are definitely better and i, I and apparently it's been that way since four and i i never got around to playing four but in four answer i, I was actually having a good time with the controls, but then I realized that everything else about the game that sucked was still there. The fact that at the end of the day, you know, the most fun I was having with that game was building and testing my mech. Had nothing to do with the actual game. Like, so I downloaded, like, the way I had the most fun with that game was by downloading a save with a hojillion credits and just building rigs and testing them and going, look at the awesome shit that I made and not doing any missions with it. Hmm. Um, Just because the missions are they're empty. Like, you run around a fucking facility and beat up things that are faceless, and it doesn't matter. There's no drama. There's nothing to really suck you in. It's the same that Armor Core has always been. Armor Core is a weirdly isolationist experience. Like, it's the most anesthetic thing. There are people talking to you, and there's a story, but the story is so, 
like it, it it barely touches what you're you know it's just at the end of the day you're running around an abandoned fucking like manufacturing facility and um yeah it's just sounds bad i've got another one is um wartech cinco Noronde. i really really wanted to like that and from time to time i was still popping in my xbox and try to like it and i don't mm-hmm. that's that's one of those ones that everybody calls like a like a cult Xbox game in the same vein of like Earth Defense Force, right? That's yeah, and I wish I could like put on my white Nikes and drink some Jello and fucking join that cult, but I just can't. Drink it's some Jello? Kool Aid is what I meant to say. <laughs> that no, I like your image, but it is almost one in the morning, so yeah, that, Jello works for now. That is um, a much interesting visual image. But the the fighting was so techy that I just couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, to think like you know. A fighter and a shmup, like, put together in a plane and just wishing it was a shmup. Because I really just didn't like the fighting. But everything, I love everything else about the game. I love the art. I love everything about it. I love, like, the shmup elements of it. But just, I can't get into the fighting. I just don't like it. And it makes me sad, because I really do like it, and I really want to like it, but I just can't get into it. Hold up, wait. I wasn't paying attention. What game are you talking about? Vortech. Oh, God. That's good. Okay. For a minute there, I... Thought you were talking about Red Star, and I was about to. Yeah. Oh no no no! I love Red Star. Okay, Whew. all right. Oh, I fucking love Red Star. <laughs> Lydia would have had to choke a bitch. <laughs> have to go on all Christian Bale on his ass. Yeah. Um. Well, that about wraps it up for Pod Toy number eighty-five. Uh, thank you uh, once again to uh, Neros for uploading all the Pod Toys. Uh, thank you for everyone who responded to that. Uh, thank you in advance to anybody who actually does the illustration contest. If anybody does, please do. Um. Thank you to Aaron Lindy, Topher Cantler, Jim Sterling, and the lovely, lovely Adam Dork for uh, being here once again. And thank you for listening. That's about everybody, right? Thank you for... Nah, we don't need to thank Tiff for taking that, that answering machine. She should thank us for getting that message. <laughs> and I'm sure she will. Um, but, yeah. Talk to you guys later. Right. I need to go. Um, I've got an early start, but pleasure as always. I'll see you later.